This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, hey, good to hi. see you. Hi, Brian. They good probably to see, can you. see you waving, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we're, we were just talking about how we're we're getting back into our old school now. Last couple of months we've had we've interviewed folks, we've had others in here, but it's getting the band back together. You know, it so, is right. So we want to jump in before we do that. Just a couple of quick things. If this podcast has been helpful to you. Would you go on iTunes and write us a review? Um, and that helps spread the word of the podcast. Also, practicalshepherding.com has tons of resources that you can find us, and as well as contact us. So if you want us to tackle something on the podcast, that, that's the best way to reach us. Write us through that or through the Facebook page or Twitter, and you can uh, ask questions for us to, to try to tackle on the, on the podcast here. For our topic today... This is something Jim and I were talking about we haven't talked about really at all on the podcast. And this is essential in local church life, and that is membership. What is membership in the local church? Why is it important? And I think the first thing we want to ask, Jim, that I'm going to throw to you is, is it biblical? Is the idea of church membership in the local church biblical? It's a good question, Brian. And obviously, that's a debatable subject. There's not a one particular text in the Bible that you look at and, and you can say that it says you, know, you have to become a member. Join uh, a church. You, it it well, doesn't say yeah, that. Yeah. Now, yeah, the, there are things, I think, that indicate that that's, that's the case. And right. there, there are several passages in the Word of God that uh, indicate that. I mean, one of the early ones to me is in, well, you start with Acts, Acts 2. Yep. Uh, where those who were converted devoted themselves, it says, to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And that is that immediately in coming to faith in Christ, there was a recognition that we not only belong to Jesus, but that we belong to one another, and that where God's people gather together, we now gather together. And 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 again, they devoted themselves to it. They committed themselves to it. Mm-hmm. You have in every case in in throughout. Then you go through the Book of Acts, and you find people uh, that are converted, and you read, and, and they were joined to. They 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 became right. part of the body. They were numbered with the disciples. That's right. Uh, in almost every case, I shouldn't say in every case, you have situations like the Ethiopian eunuch. You have the conversion of the Apostle Paul, and, and uh, as soon as he's converted, he goes to Jerusalem and it says, and he wanted, this is in Acts 9, he wanted to join the disciples there. So there's a language of join. It's a word that means to be glued to or cement to. That's right. Yep. He wanted to be a part of that. There was a body. He didn't want to just attend. He wanted to be glued to uh, the uh, disciples there. You have the doctrine of, of, of church discipline, something I think we're going to talk about at some other time in our in our podcast. And for somebody to be put out of the church, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you do that unless somebody is in? Right. Uh, Paul talks about there is a role of the widows, for instance. So so there was mm-hmm. you know, some some people that were written down. They had they had a verifiable uh, elders are told that they watch over souls. Well, who are the souls that they watch over? Uh, who that are the people account for. Yeah. Yeah, that, that shepherd the flock that is among you? Right. And how do you know that that is, who is your flock? Who are the people that have committed? Is it just anybody and everybody that visits? Is, is it somebody that just comes to your church for a yep. few weeks and, and now they're part of your flock? Or is there some commitment that is made? 
that demonstrates publicly that that you belong. So I, I yeah. think I think those are answered in, in the positive. You do have in the Book of Ephesians. So you know we are members one of another, and so you, you, he's you, writing you, to you, churches. So, yeah, you yeah. can't. And I was talking about being members of a body, but you know the membership in the body is not. Um, Casual. Right. Uh, my fingers are not casually related to my hand. Mm-hmm. My forearms are not casually related. You know, it's, yeah. it's all. It, it's very tightly knit together. You're members and, of and one and body. Mem- you're right. members of a body. Every part doing its bit to supply that which works for the maturity of the of the whole man. So that is yeah. a, a verifiable, identifiable group of people that labor together mm. with leadership, who knows who they are, they know who their leaders are, says the Thessalonians, obey them that have the rule over you. Yeah. Uh, there's a specific you, there's a specific them in a particular church. And so I think there is some way in which that is visible, identifiable, it can be written down, who is in, who is out, who's committed, uh, who's tangential. Uh, so those are some of the things I would lay out scripturally quickly. I know there are some books that deal with that. Uh, some of the Nine Marks material deals with is church membership biblical, and many others have talked about that. But those are some of the texts very yeah. quickly, I well, think. That- well, and we can get to some of the resources later, but I think one thing that comes to my mind uh, that as you're rolling off a lot of those texts is Second Corinthians Two, where it talks about the majority of a church restoring one, and mm-hmm. what's implied is that they were disciplined in some way, but the majority of the church restored them. Right. Who are the members that, in a sense, right. you know, voted to restore this right. individual? So there's just there's all kinds. I think that's what's important to know is there's not you know a clear passage that says go join a local church. Right. But there's tons of passages when you scour the New Testament that point to this idea of membership. So Jim, what do we so how do we define membership now in a local church? So we're pastors. Most pastors or most of our listeners are pastors, a lot of them are. And membership is this idea that's in a lot of churches, but but how do we define what membership is in a local church? Brian, to me, it's it's defined in one word, and that word is commitment. And that there is a commitment uh, to several key things, as opposed to again, I, I would put casual and commitment. And so, for instance, uh, I, my daughters don't listen to this, so I think I'm okay. Uh, there was a young man interested in uh, one of my daughters, and uh, they got together the other day and talked about. So he wanted to know. So where's our relationship? Where where does it stand? And he had a different idea of where it was. Sadly, than she did. Or, yeah. Well, maybe happily for her, but uh-huh. you know. But she was able to say casual, where he wanted commitment. Yeah. And or he wanted something deeper. When somebody comes to me and says, "I, I want to be a member of your church." I take it as, okay, what you are saying is you you want to take that step of commitment. You want to make it openly known to the disciples and to the leadership of the church that I want to be a part of this. I want to be, I'm not just, I'm not just coming. I'm not just transitioning. I'm not just looking around. I want to be committed and I want to be committed to gather. That's yeah. one of the commitments that right. we make because that's what church means. It is an assembly. So to be a part of a church with whom you don't assemble is an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. So there is a commitment to assemble. Uh, there is a commitment to a body. You're saying to that body, 
I want to be a part of you. I mean, it's not just, I'm not just committing myself to come to this building. I'm not just committing myself to listen to this preaching and sing this song. And come to the service. And come to the potluck or whatever else. I'm, I, I am committing myself to love you, to serve you, to bear your burdens and have you bear mine. So there's a, and you're saying to, this is where I take it very seriously personally, that person is saying to me, at least I take it as they're saying to me, I want you to be my shepherd. Mm-hmm. And not just, hey, I like coming and, and eating the food you give to your flock, and I glean from it and benefit from sitting there, but I want you to be my pastor. And so that means I am committed, lock, stock, and barrel to you to help you on your way to heaven. I am committed to you, to, to love you, to serve you, to be available to you. You have an access to me that non-members don't have. You have a commitment of my prayer and of my time uh, that non-members simply don't have. I'm happy to, to help. I'm happy to serve in whatever capacity I can. But when somebody says, uh, I want you to be my pastor, so I see that there is a commitment to those things. On top of that, I see as well that there is a degree, there's a degree of a doctrinal commitment that these are the things that we believe. And there is a degree of cultural commitment. And by that, I mean, every church has its own culture. They have their way of doing things, how often they gather, what they do in those gatherings. And you're going to say, I'm going to be, I'm going to happily go along and, and, and be a part of that. It may not necessarily be my greatest convictions, but that's what you all do. I'm a part of the family now. I'm going to go along with it. So, so let's 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 bullet point then a definition, okay? And, and let's say it in like let's say three areas. Number one, membership means you're committing yourself to a group of people. Yep. To bear their burdens, walk through life with them, be, care for them, them care for you. Right. And that exchange of being part of that body. Two is that they are committing themselves to submit to the the pastors of that church for spiritual care. Right. There's a mutual commitment. There's a mutual commitment, right. and that, which then allows past those pastors to say, I feel responsible for you. Exactly. And then the third is some kind of doctrinal belief. So we're both Baptists. So you have to hold, you have to, to doctrinally hold, convictionally hold to a certain aspect of baptism to be able to join our church. Right. If you don't, we still, there's many who we'd look at and say, you are my brother and sister in yep. Christ. Love you dearly. I love you. We can even partner and do ministry with you in different ways. Right. But as far as committing to this local church, there's certain doctrinal convictions we have to have. So, yeah. Is that fair to say that those are the three main pieces to this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would I would agree with that. Just... So let's think about process in the rest of the time. Yeah. So so let's say that's that's defining membership in a local church. Uh, when so when someone comes, they're visiting two, three, four months, and all of a sudden they decide they want to be a part of our churches or they want to join our church with those three ideas of commitment in mind, Mm -hmm. then let's talk about the process. I think you and I have similarities in how we do things, but as far as in in principle, but there's going to be some differences. So let's talk about both because I think those differences will be helpful to people who are listening. So what's what's an aspect of your process? Yeah, and I do want to contrast it, Brian. Obviously, in many places, it's extremely casual. It's it's right. You're an SBC. I grew up SBC, and it was you walked down the aisle at the end of the church, and you said, "I want to be a member," and you turned around and you were presented, and maybe there was a quick vote or there was a letter of transfer. Well, for clarification, that's old school SBC, old but school. it's not the way we. I we understand, do. Okay. but that's but, the but that kind of thing is but that's fairly common. widespread. That was and, very common. And some of the brothers listening here might. That might be what they've inherited. That's right. Okay. That's so right. generally we want to have some time that we 
gotten to know. So if somebody says, first time they visit, how do I become a member here? I, I will usually say to them, well, I will tell them what the process is. So our process is is like threefold. So the first thing is that there are there are membership classes that they have to attend. And in that membership class, we're going to go through matters. We're going to explain to people a little bit about the history of the church, just kind of let them catch them up to speed. We are going to go over the doctrinal foundations of the church, which in our case is our Confession of Faith, the 1689 London Baptist Confession. People don't have to agree with every part of that. A lot of people, uh, they've never read it before. May encourage them to read that. We go through the highlights of it in a, in a membership class and, and simply say uh, that if, if there's a strong disagreement, we'd like to talk about that to see if it would affect the unity of the church. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a statement I say to people, I think you ought to be able to listen to the preaching and be able to say amen you ought to be able to sing amen, that is, you agree with how the worship yeah. is done. You're, yeah. not, you're not discombobulated and hating the worship. You ought to be able to say amen. You ought to be able to sing amen. You ought to be able to look at people and say, I love you, I'll serve with you, and you ought to be able to look at your leaders and say, I trust you. Yeah. So you ought to be able to do that. And if you're not able to do that, I don't think you ought to join that church. Okay. So you go through that, and then you go through the, mem- the, you go through the class, we go through some doctrine. We go through some practical matters of what do we expect out of members. So matters like attendance, giving, serving, matters about Christian liberty, how we uh, serve one another, how we structure encouragements about structuring our home. Are you in the Word? Do you have a time of prayer? Uh, those kinds of things about healthy Christian living. And then uh, talk about the, your, your relationship with your pastors. Do you trust the men? Do you, do you have a sense that you trust the men that are that are here, et cetera. So you go, we go through that, and then people write a testimony. And in that testimony, they explain their, number one, their understanding of the gospel, and secondly, their experience of the gospel. And that is sent out to the church electronically, because almost everybody's on an email loop. Yep. And uh, people are given three weeks to interact with that. We also make copies, put it out in our foyer. And people, everybody, all the members are exhorted, read that, interact with the people. I want to make sure people, that you know who this is. Yeah. You know, if you, the, if you have no know. idea, well, who, who are, uh, who's Chris and Julie? Uh, who, who's, uh, who's Shay and, and Ashley? Who's Jean? And, you know, I don't know who these people are. Well, I think you ought to get to, you know, our churches are small enough that we can do that. People so, can make that effort and right. So interact with that, and then after that period, that we review view that as a part of congregational suffrage. After that, the candidates meet with the elders, go over any any concerns, and then they are presented uh, to the congregation. And we have a uh, a covenant that we read together. Um, that's built upon several others that we had read and studied. Uh, we may simplify that. I, I have a desire to simplify it's a little bit too wordy. Uh, and then we say that together, pray together, and that, and, and then welcome. Usually people will go through a receiving line, embrace one another, and welcome them now, into the fellowship. Now, is there a vote that happens at the end at any it, point? It's in, in that case, it's a view of suffering. I mean, it's everybody participates in the reading of it. They go and they interact with so it's not just an, at the end of the you know you you are in, exhorted as a member interact with this and 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 then the elders present them to the people. So it's the that. elders that really make the determination if they become members. Yes, but that's based on and rooted in uh, the the congregational interaction. We've had people begin the process and the congregation has brought concerns and we've halted that. Yeah, so so that's helpful because what you just described 
is is pretty much what we do, except because of the size of our church, we've always been able, instead of a membership class, which I think is a great idea, we pretty much do one-on-one interviews mm-hmm. with with potential members and pretty much accomplish the same thing. History of the church, doctrinal statement. So, I, And I want to stress that because I think membership classes are a great idea. I think they're essential if your church, you're bringing in more members than, than you have pastors to be able to, to interview and talk to folks. Uh, but to, the class really establishes who you are, and they get to hear who that is and make sure this is what they want to do. And then, obviously, the elders follow it up as you all do and meet with them. Yeah. But we do one-on-one meetings like that. But then we present them to the church, and our church is congregational in this sense in that it it, it votes members mm-hmm. in and it votes members out. So right. it's almost like—but I would argue that in many ways an elder-ruled church and an elder-led congregational church— Function in a lot of the same way in a healthy yeah. context, and, and yeah, and I, 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 I would put a blend between those terms. I yeah, guess, I, I assume you would. Right. So, and I should also mention, Brian, we you mentioned this earlier, just that if the person has not been biblically baptized, we baptize them prior to their entering into the membership of the church. So very often we'll have, Lord willing, in a few weeks we're going to have three or four baptisms on a Sunday morning That's and great. receive. Uh, we've had we had twenty four people at our last membership class, which was really encouraging. Yeah, that's great. So that's that's great. Uh, so we're going to bring in several of those who have been, you know. So that's one of the questions. Have you been? Tell us about your baptism. Have you been baptized and those sort of things? So is so. baptism their entrance into the church, or is baptism lead to the elders and the members' affirmation of them becoming a member? Well, like, we said, I don't think. So, well, we believe that it. Uh, it, because it's done, it's done within seconds of each other. They come out of the baptismal waters and come out, and they make their commitment I to see. the church. Okay, so that's helpful. It's it's done the same day. Well, it's interesting because we've we've tried to work that out as well. What we started to do is we would baptize and then bring them to membership later, and we started to think, would we baptize someone? Uh, and then not make them a member. For right, some and we did that in the past. We, yeah. We've had a, we could talk some time about that about kind of how we try to think yeah. through this throughout. But it, we do see is a very close connection in the Bible between baptism and church yeah. membership. And that's where we're and all not trying just to your own out. conversion. Uh, baptism and conversion is very closely linked, and also baptism and church membership are closely. So linked. the way we adjusted this because of this issue, or we tried to work through as Baptists, is we would we would vote someone into membership. Upon the upon their baptism, so we would the church would vote, and then it would actually be their baptism that would probably happen the next Sunday, that would then actually represent their entrance into the church. So we felt like that switch was important from a theological standpoint because of the the quandary we're talking about. But there's different ways to try to figure that out. So Brian, let me ask you a follow up with this, okay. and that, or, or or a well, how we follow up on this when somebody has made this commitment and they're part. And they've said this or that, and then they, let's say they don't attend. Let's say they, they stop attending. Uh, or as you came into the church, now we're different because I did a church plant, you did a revitalization right. or came in. Right. You looked at a membership role that had dozens or hundreds Hundred, on it hundreds. that were not uh, 700, 780 total, and 30 people were attending. Now, you based your salary on that member. No, I'm just oh, oh, yeah, you know, percentage for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you... Um, so you had 700 people on your roll, and how many were attending? About 30. About 30. You you made an effort to contact all those people. Yeah, that that that's probably a separate podcast, right? But we yeah. but the, the the short version who don't know my story, I walked into a typical Southern Baptist church that has hundreds on the rolls and dozens gathering. Right. So the first thing I had to do is figure out who were really the members. In a sense, 
So I went and said, give me a list of people who've darkened the door of this church in the last year and are on the membership roll. And that's where I started. And then you've got a process of contacting people and trying to figure out who's really a member and who's not. Who's alive, who's dead. Who's alive, who's dead, who's at another church and left their membership. So. Yeah, that and I say that that actually would probably be a good conversation. Yeah, to have. but might. as we wrap this one up, Jim, what? So I think the process is important to think through because I inherited a church that to become a member, you came forward during the invitation time, and you were presented at that moment, and the members voted. Yeah, don't, I, always yes. You don't know that person. You know, you have no idea if they even right. know Jesus. So I want to throw that out there because some of you listening to this have probably inherited that process. And I want to encourage you that 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 moving to a at least a process of membership where you can actually hear that somebody actually knows Jesus, you hear their testimony, they understand the gospel, and they show some they can articulate some bit of commitment is a great place to try to move to if you're inheriting a church that doesn't have something like that. And I want to say, in closing, Brian, yeah. uh, uh, hopefully for some people, there are people that will take all your time if you allow them to. Right. And, and often they're, they're people who are not committed. They, are, they float through a church. They go from church to church. They give their battery of questions and theological uh, interrogations to pastors. They take so much of their time. Identify who your flock is. Yeah. Shepherd that flock. That's what you're accountable for. And I think the membership process is a great way for you to be able to identify. These are the people that have said, I want you to be my pastor. You're committed. I will be, I will shepherd you. And as you have time and are available out of love and service, you can do the other. But don't allow all your time or pressure to be taken up with people hmm. that aren't the flock that you're going to give an account for. That's good. My my final my final thought would be uh, to uh, – um, I had a I had a couple that was attending the church for months and months, and um, sorry. Hopefully nobody can hear that. I have a, I had an alarm go off. <laughs> sorry, telling us what time it is. Telling us a, to stop our podcast. That's right. I have a, so final thought. I had a couple that attended the church for six months, got involved in the church, built relationships in the church, but because they had burned in their pre, gotten burned in their previous church, they were hesitant to become members. And I actually went and sat down with them, had lunch with them, and I looked at them and I said, "Look, I'm grateful you're here." The church, I'm glad you're building relationships. But you need to know, I don't feel any spiritual responsibility for you. Mm. And you're in a dangerous place spiritually to not have a pastor who takes responsibility yep. for you. And that conversation, that there was a teaching moment for them to see why they needed to either join our church or join another one. Right. So my final thought is, pastors, teach your church about membership. Even teach the members. Because you can't assume they actually understand fully right. what kind of membership standard you are wanting to have. So Jim, will you will you pray for pastors listening to this? They will have wisdom to know how to maneuver what is very delicate issue since a lot of churches. Father in heaven, thank you for your word and for the help that it gives to us and laying a foundation of life and ministry and a place where we can solidly plant our feet. And Father, we do pray for uh, all those hearing and listening and struggling with how best to implement these matters in their church. We pray, Father, that you would give them uh, solid resources and conviction in your word and the ability to be able to simply and clearly teach that to their flock. And Father, pray that that might result in a a greater unity, a greater love, a, a greater intentionality, a purpose mutually among the members and among the leadership. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen.